Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. to the Wise Men Say podcast. We are back. Not that we've been away that much, but we are back now into the swing of things and into where we're weekly routine where we're probably going to bring you two podcasts a week. Three, of course, if you include the reaction pod. And why wouldn't you include the reaction pod? Babbling on now. It's a good start. And uh, we're going we're gonna, to uh, just summarize um, what has or hasn't happened over the summer in terms of uh, incomings in particular. Look back at the friendlies and the uh, whole game in particular that we played on Friday. Um, maybe a little bit of a look ahead to the season and the weekend ahead, but of course we will be back, as I've just said, for the preview show later in the week. I'm Stephen Goldsmith. Delighted to welcome back Gareth Barker. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Are you just going to reassure the listeners that you're not, you know, that you've just been having a break and nothing else over the summer? <laughs> very quiet. People will have noticed your, your silence on social media and stuff, Gareth. I've just, just not interested anymore. Can't be asked. Too negative, it's a bad, it's a bad place, Twitter. That's what I've decided. So I've decided I'm just going to not bother with it anymore. Fair enough. You can just, you can just send us the best bits. <laughs> you like the Gazette, Gazette football tally on a Saturday morning. And I'll sit down and like you, you'll be like um, sitting at like a sort of your metaphorical uh, cafe table with like loads of screen grabs of things that have happened on Twitter in the week, and then I'll just sit and then digest them that way. Yeah, um, you then... say that, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't actually want us to do that. People keep sending me <laughs> links. Of, people keep sending me links of threads of ready to go, and I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to see it. I'm not interested. I'm not. I'm going to read it. If people are like a handful of people are going to start, you know slagging, what? It's, it's funny slagging us off on there. I'm not bothered. No, no, everyone's lovely about us on there, Stephen. Generally. Yeah. Um, they are. We just go, uh, for, actually, listening. We just go for listening figures anyway. There's a handful of people order thousands, thousands, billions. Exactly. No, but no, but exactly. no. It's to be fair, actually, it's weird. I've like be, like gone back to ready to go a little bit more because we've not been on Twitter as much. But it's a lot easier to like disengage from that because it's not a constant stream of stuff coming at you. Like on Twitter, it's just there and it's relentless. <laughs> Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think it's quite funny. Like, if it's taken this long for you to realize this, no, I did. Well, yeah. I guess it's just the, sometimes you can, we, we knew the occupational hazards have been on, Twitter. yeah, yeah. But I think the <laughs> point is, like, it gets to a point where you're just like, oh, is this taking up too much of my time mentally? Definitely yes. an argument. I don't log in much now myself, to be honest. Um, every now and then I'm getting to go, obviously. Uh, yeah, I didn't announce it, you see. I didn't, didn't do the like, oh. uh, the tw- you know, when people say that not that person, I'm going to yeah. have a Twitter break yeah. and then they're back on six hours later posting <laughs> a picture of the dinner, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, don't be that person. That's yeah, yeah. Someone else is here as well. Not a bad thing. Hi. Speaking of um, people who've had bother on Twitter, it's Chris at the Spoon. What are you talking about? I, I don't get up to anything on Twitter. Just <laughs> irreverent comments about the state of our. I'm talking world. about the past. Chris is oh, just, in the no, past. You, you, oh, yeah, you, the you past, still yeah, drop yeah. the odd thread, Chris, um, which is like quite funny because it's always unexpected as well. You don't ever like give us. We have like conversations most days, and you still don't give us any like one, and you're going to do it. And then suddenly, you're just like, oh, there's a thread from Chris having a rant about <laughs> having a rant normally about the lack of uh, spending or the the way things have been running Sunderland, and it's quite entertaining just to see. Well, it's not that entertaining anymore because you don't really get slagged off anymore like you used to. Oh no, there's no, no fume anymore. That's well, why. Right, that's why I'm not bothered. That's why I'm going on less because um, <laughs> the bites. It's not entertaining. It was all a joke, all that stuff in the past. I can't believe people felt for it. But, um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you absolutely love Madrox. That's, <laughs> but, that's um, the twist in this in this yeah. story. Chris is yeah. Madrox. That's the. That's the. That's that's, yeah, that's yeah. my next thread ruined. I was going to drop that one and tell everyone <laughs> it was all a ruse and we're all best pals. Um, yeah. 
but no, I'm a, I'll try, I'm, I'm trying to be on this mainly because I absolutely hate the transfer window. Yeah, because same. It, I feel like well, you don't is... have to worry about that. <laughs> I feel like football Twitter is at its worst yeah, during it the transfer window when you get yeah. linked with somebody and then everybody just dives into it straight away and he was like, let's mm. just see if we. Let's just see if we're going to sign these people. Or it's, it's always that thing where it's like it takes us. Well, it takes us ages to sign somebody. Um, it's been going on for days. It's like, well, you only think it takes other t- other teams shorter time to sign someone because you only hear about it on the day because you're not like yeah, an Ipswich not, fan, yeah. so you're not going to hear. Yeah. You're going to be what stalking Ipswich Twitter to see who they sign. And it's like, look at them; they got the business done quickly. Though they might have mm. been like trying to. I mean, the, the, the only one time really I can ever remember, I mean, this is slower than normal for us even, but the, the only time I can ever really remember us, you know, really get off to a run and jump was 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 when De Canio was, was, was the manager. Mm. We all know what happened. That, well. that yeah. was like, yeah, was like everyone was, was like, oh, look, yeah. identifying targets. You know, they've got an agent identifying targets. It's nice and early. And we went and we signed a lot of players really early, didn't we? And then, um, you know, just as a reminder to people to, to be a bit cautious when we play OK in pre-season because we went and beat Spurs at pre-season. Everybody thought we were going to be bloody brilliant, didn't they? Um, and we know the, growl, the signing of the summer. Yeah. Where did yeah. they find this guy? Top top swagging area. It's lost a bit of lost him again after I've put seventy five minutes of football. Lost him, gone, never seen again. Strange one that still wasn't it? Because he played all right. Not I've got game. no idea what happened there because yeah. he was great against Fulham, money, and then like he was just like that was it, gone forever. Yeah, we've had Although he did play in the MK Dons um, game where he was hauled off at the uh, no, sorry, G was hauled off in forty eight minutes and. Uh, uh, he played in that game, didn't he? Yes. So he got robbed of the ball so. for their, like one of their goals. I think can't remember the lad, the forward. Um, I think he was always on soccer AM. I can't remember what you call him. He Went probably... off racing forward and scored. Um, but yeah, we've died. That, that's a quite a digression. It is quite from, a digression. Yeah. His, his confidence was probably shot by Well, I remember. I remember. Talking to when when Tacanio was was coming out around that time, saying he he wanted to sign a midfielder, somebody who's got the keys, was his phrase. And um, before <laughs> I think it might have been the Arsenal game, and I was at Sun FM, and I was I was, I was talking on then, and he kind of just threw Cabral under the bus. Then he was like, so you know, he was like, well, who who've got? I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, who've got? Who's going to do it? Who's who's going to create things? Cabral. And I thought, well, you wouldn't like to be him now, listening to this, would you? You know, your manager's more or less just saying, you know, well, he's not going to do it, is he? So. Uh, if that was before the MK, MK Dons game, that probably explains Absolutely explains why that. he did that. But that is a digression and a half. I don't know if that will ever be topped. Uh, I'll add to know. Um, yeah. I mean, Matthew and Robbie do go on some some random some random journeys, don't Matthew they? <laughs> Matthew. Matthew and uh, and the guy he used to do the podcast with. The guy used to do the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he would we don't talk about it anymore. No. Yeah, he's been banished. From group Sorry. chats and everything. He, he, never like, we, never we, liked him anyway. Uh, see, he's our Cabral now, never to be seen yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, just find him, ha- just find him hanging outside nightclubs in Newcastle occasionally. Is is that what Cabral did? Not getting into trouble. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. That, that was. Yeah. That you was think so? Crack, you need to be clear on this stuff, Chris. You can't just Sorry, throw things that, like is that, that around. Libel? Sorry. Well, I'm I mean, sure you didn't, you didn't say, didn't he was doing anything wrong? But uh, well, he was, still, cle- he was cleared of the uh, charges that were brought against him. <laughs> oh, see, I wasn't going to bring that bit up. <laughs> yeah, he was, well, he was cleared. Fine, he was cleared. He was cleared, <laughs> cleared so. Yeah. I'm sure he was spotted more times outside Tup Tup Palace than he was actually on like the stadium and like pitch. I'm sure that was the. That was the, the running joke, was it? Yeah. At the time, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Conor Wiggins was said he was in. He was in both top top and on the pitch in equal measure. It was that was his kind of thing, wasn't it? That kind of vibe. Conor Wiggum definitely carrying around a bottle of Grey Goose and like on the Anthony IMV Stokes IP was the first was. one, really. Like who, from I think he would go anywhere. To be he fair. was in Sunderland, mainly, he was, wasn't yeah. he? And then Ta- get... Tiger, I saw him in Tiger Tiger in Newcastle once with. Yeah. A significant proportion of that squad. He got himself into quite a bit of bother recently. Has he? Yeah, I can't remember what it is, but it's quite bad. (laughs) What Sunderland do to people, isn't it? Well, I mean, I think he's been longer to himself. (laughs) Pass through Sunderland and you leave a different person. Oh, yeah, that was it. He's he um, assaulted someone, headbutted somebody, and like brought their eyes out or something like that, and they're like, 
lost sight in one of the eyes and had like probably all sorts of uh, sort of mental health issues as a result of being attacked by him. So uh, yeah, that's would. the thing. You that's probably would if you lost happened. sight in, a, in an eye. I think it, I might. I don't know if I've embellished that. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty bad. But I mean, it doesn't need to look it up. He's uh, a bad. He's been a bad man. Just stick the word allegedly in there somewhere. Well, it's not allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he's not one of the ex-players who listens to us now, guys. I'd be very surprised. I'll be very, very surprised. (laughs) Give us a shout, Anthony, if you, if you, I don't know, you're going to do that. Um, If you're not in jail. Yeah. Yeah. If you are in jail. Yeah, use your one phone call a day. Let us know. (laughs) Get in touch with one phone call a day. Let us know that, uh, you know, you you, you would get bored in prison, I would imagine, a lot of the time. Well, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, this is, but shall we talk about um, something else? I was going to say, what? what's this podcast about again? What, uh, we're, yeah. what we're here for? It's a bit of a ramble. We haven't been me and Gareth have been together for a while. So we're just in sort prison. of. Just, <laughs> that would be a good podcast, <laughs> would it? I don't know. Be a bit, gray, yeah, a bit of a grey area, that one, wouldn't it? it wouldn't, uh, yeah, let's not go there. Let's, let's move on. Let's just move on and talk about uh, talk about Sunderland and uh, the side. And so we're saying that, that the, 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 it's been slow business. I know that uh, before we come on and start recording, Christian Speakman has uh, Christian Speakman has done a, um, an interview, hasn't he? Um, where he's kind of like sort of just said that the market's slow again, um, and they they're not they don't want to sacrifice quality for quantity. Is is kind of the message, isn't it? And I mean, that's fine if if that you know if it works out like that, isn't it? And if suddenly we, we, we do get a handful of players through the door who are ready to come into the team, um, because it's kind of like the expectation now, because of what they're saying, is that, isn't it? We, we can't now go and sign players who you think are just going to be squad players because the message is clear. We will, we will only have players who are of a good quality and we need, we need a couple. We don't have any fullbacks yet, being frank. And that's where we are with it. Yeah, Isn't it? I mean that—that's like been the issue for years, really, hasn't it? Like, in, well, we normally have fullbacks, yeah. mind. Well, oh, no, sorry, well, sorry, no, well, we don't. Was... We have midfielders playing a fullback. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like we uh, we get we get told what's going to happen, but it actually happening. It's kind of it's a bit of a leap of faith, and the, and we're here again, kind of thing. Like the people will interpret those comments today and stuff that's come out of the club over the last couple of weeks. Um, depending on the worldview, I think, really. Like, you can have faith that they're going to get it sorted and it's all going to be hunky-dory by the end of August, or you can be a bit more cynical and say, well, why, why are we still making excuses? Why why aren't we ready? Why? To be fair, I think there's a valid point to be made that, and I know you've spoken about this in the interview, but why why are we using, like, the 31st of August as the kind of the point at which we assess things? It's like, there's, what is those the four league games before then? Um Look, I, it, 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 we all we've all said that it's a big job, and there's a lot there's a lot on, and there might be a lot of truth in what he's saying. But like you said, Stephen, I mean, it's not really acceptable to be going into the start of the season without any fullbacks, whether whether they're like backup fullbacks or or otherwise. Like, I, I, truthfully, I think it's pretty unfair on Dan Neal to mm. be shoehorning him in it. A left back, like he's a 19 year old kid who's pretty highly rated. And then when we bring uh, a left back in, he's possibly lost his place in the side and what needs to be a, a breakout yeah. season of him. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, unless uh, we're terrible, then he'll get a, he'll get a yeah. flat. I think, like, like I was trying to say there, I think it, it, you do well to just judge them on the actions because, like, look, there's, there's a lot of people out there who, who will have faith that they're going to come through and stuff, but, I'll probably fall. Look, I'm not, I'm not going to go f- fully negative and say, look, they're not going to get it right and stuff. But I think, not through any fault of Speakman's or whomever else has just come in over the last year or so, but people are tired of hearing it. People are tired of being asked to like be patient and stuff. Like, just just go out and go out and do what you said you'll do. Go out and get a team that's like fit for promotion. And unfortunately, at the minute, we can only, in my opinion, anyway, you can only really comment on the actions and so far the actions don't to me anyway they do, I, i'm struggling to see this new plan let's 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 remind ourselves of the sort right so the, the players that left at the end of last season so callum mcfadzine chris mcguire Conor mclaughlin grant ledbetter josh scowen remy matthews uh max power 
um, with, 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 yeah, with the, they were the ones who weren't offered new oh, deals. Okay. Okay. So um, we know with the exception of Remy Matthews, who did play some games, they are all first team players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Denver Hume, Charlie Wyke uh, have been up for contracts. Wyke's definitely left Hume. We think you know, speculation that he's probably going to sign McGeady signed back on. So that is, you know, just those players I mentioned there who um, let, let's assume Denver Hume's going to come back. Um, so you've got what? You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players there who were first team players. Um, how many first team players have we brought in? We've got three. Yeah. Because Pritchard, who's been injured and, and ill in, in typical Sunderland fashion since he came, and he's you know got a good track record in the championship, and he might very well come good, but we've seen nothing of, of him yet. So it could be a few. It could be quite a wait before we see anything from him. Corey Evans, who who will probably play, and Callum Doyle, who despite being seventeen, will probably play as well. Um, so that is, you know, only three in in reply. I to suppose. That. I suppose you can argue that the likes of Embledon coming. In. I know he's not a new signing, but if he's if we're talking about somebody who's going to become part of the first team picture, I, 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 I get I get that, and sometimes. There could be, you know, there could be a case to say, well, you know, I mean, it would reflect poorly on the manager if this was the case. But I guess it, it could, you, you, there could be an argument to say, well, you know, getting rid of those some of those players, they're kind of like the default um, selection almost, and, and and the safety net, and I'll just go for these guys over the younger ones, and perhaps putting them out of the way completely means we've got to play these younger guys. But it wouldn't really affect on the manager because that would suggest he was bottling putting them in last year but the fact of the matter is these players were around last year now they're young they so you would expect an improvement year on year and that's fine and you know Southgate got praised for doing it for England getting rid of of Rooney and some of the old guard didn't he and, and Jamie Vardy and people like that and kind of moved them all on and, and, and brought young people some of them who a lot of people were surprised to see play and, and that works that's worked out alright so you know there is that we'll give them that um, but you know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a push to call them a new to call them new signings, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I, th- I think there's been a bit of a. I think that I know the kind of there's a suggestion from Speakman the bit today that they're kind of happy with where they are. Um, I would say that the manager kind of looked a little bit panicked after one of yeah. the pre-season games with some of his comments and then he kind of dialed it back a bit and then he would make some comments about McGeady and 09 being like being like new signings because they left and came back and stuff yeah. I think you just trying to paint a brighter picture than it actually is now I'm not saying that they won't succeed in getting the players in that they want to get in by the end of the month um, but if you know, I think it, you know we all are hopeful and want to see youngsters being given opportunity if they are good enough. So you know, people like Neil, um, Embledon, um, who've played well pre-season yeah, as well. Done okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think I think you know when you same time on the day after that Lincoln game, if somebody said to you, "We're going to open game of next season," Dan Neil's going to be playing left back, and Carl Winchester's going to be playing right back. I don't think they'd be going. Oh well, that means we've we've everything's going to plan up to that point. Um, I, I think I think it's. I understand why some people, you know, give them give them a chance, and I don't think anyone here is going to be like diving two footed on them and calling them at this that, and the other. Um, I did expect to be further down the line, and I know we've got like what four games, league games before. The 31st of October, sorry, 31st of August, even. Um, and we've got to, you know, we've got to make sure we get through those as successfully as we can with the group that we've got, hopefully add and then get, get stronger if, if these are the quality players or the quality players are just waiting. I mean, I'm not comparing the two at all because I don't believe there is a comparison, like from what I've seen, but like, you know, you remember like Donald made similar comments about like at the Heerenveen game with like, you know, we're waiting for like championship players to become available and all this kind of stuff. Um, and that sort of didn't transpire. I think we got Lynch and Debock 
So, um, the Buck was a championship player. Well, so, I mean, he was he <laughs> resided in the championship <laughs> at that point, yes. Um, but I'm not. So I'm not saying like I'm not saying they're not going to achieve what they want to achieve. I just think I don't like it when people say like try and paint this picture that everything's rosy to try. I don't want to be hoodwinked. I just want to be like, yeah. I just want because. We've been hoodwinked loads of times, and that's why people get cynical about this sort of situation. And but the bottom line is, on paper, there is no way that the manager would have wanted to start with two midfielders at fullback, one of them in his first full season in the first team um, on the opening day of the season. There's, there's for all you can have the all the confidence in your plan that you like. There's no way that that is what yeah. they would have accepted as a. You know, as, as a trade-off for that plan to come to fruition, in my opinion. But I, I agree, and, I, and this is why, like I was saying, I think like you have to judge on like the actions because let's let's be honest, like in February, March last year, and that all the noises are coming out were that no matter what league we're in, we've got two lists of players, and and we're ready to go early in the in the summer window, and and now whether the whether the <laughs> excuses are accurate or not, we are getting given like a load of excuses and like but as you, as we've both said, as we've all said now, like it might turn out okay, but so far to date, at this moment in time, the squad are as a as a squad, you could argue it's the weakest it's been since we came down here. And I think that one of the <laughs> confusing aspects really is when obviously they, they say they've got a plan and they say they and obviously Speakman's come out and said they're, they're happy with the way things are progressing from the outside looking in it it's kind of hard to see how that can be true because like for example I, I can understand why maybe like why we signed Evans because you think yeah you want some experience in there it's a pretty much a life for like replacement for a little bit of like leaving aside whether, whether he's injury prone or not but like someone like Pritchard like I can see the appeal in signing them, but at the same time, if if we're, we're going to argue that if, if they're going to say that look, we want to like promote youth, well, that that's a that's a position we're pretty well stocked in already, and it's and it's only going to knock a couple of kids down the ladder if you know what I mean. And like, there's obviously like whether they'll admit it or not, there's quite clearly like budgetary con- constraints there, and he's he's not going to be on the pittance, is he? And I, I just think. Truthfully, like I, I thought, like the link to the the right back from Exeter the other week, I thought that was the most promising one we've had. Nothing, it, it appears not to have gone anywhere. Like that might change, but I think like out of the players we've signed permanently since like the ownership changed or since it was almost changed, I think only really like Ross Stewart fits the kind of profile mm-hmm. of you know someone who's like the kind of right age who's on the up and who if he does do well here either either you'll go with you through the leagues or you might be able to sell them on for like a decent fee. Like if they're going to keep talking about sustainability, which it appears they are, surely those are the types of players you look to sign. Like I don't. Uh, that, that, I, I get that. But I've also seen the argument to say that we're not signing enough of, of players such as Pritchard because the, I think like, you know, as we keep saying, and you just said there, we're not sustainable in this division. And I think long-term, yes, we do need this plan where you sign players who've got a, um, you know, resale value and they're young and up and coming and you can bring them through the leagues with you. But it's almost like, you know, we, we just need to get a squad that's going to get us out of this league first and yeah. foremost. So, you know, I, would anybody really be opposed to say, all right, you know, long-term this data thing, we're going to do it and this young player going to do it. We are doing that. We are looking at it. He's four players who are going to significantly improve our team and give us a boost to try and get us out of this division. Because you can see that side of it as well. Because whenever Speakman's come on and spoke about the mid to long term there's been very little talk of short term strategies in there yeah I think that, that that has been something I think has, has been started obviously you listed those players at the, at the start of service requirements you know all generally first team players um, and we haven't replaced I mean we haven't really replaced them um, in terms of you know if they, they've played regu- all played quite regularly, which kind of shows yeah. well they were playing very frequently. That obviously means that you need those those players. You need that number of players. Um, it doesn't even sound like we're going to sign what talking about four or five more coming in. Um, 
So it's well, he said he said he wanted six, but he would he would be happy yeah, with four as four. long as they were yeah. good player first team ready players. And then two get have to be fullbacks, don't they? Have to be. Yeah, yeah. But I think yeah, it's the short term thing is is a bit worrying to me. I mean, me and Chris had this discussion a few times, saying you know, Chris was kind of of the opinion, you know, let's 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 release these players and. Like in previous years, where we had the opportunity of certain players like Maguire and, and Flanagan and things like that, and implement some of this newer stuff before, you know, trust the recruitment team to bring in, you know, younger up and coming players, things like that. I think that, and the kind of argument was at the time, well, based on what we've seen with Sunderland over the years, regardless of who is in charge. It's always been difficult to do this. It's always been difficult to 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 bring. You know, we're still trying to replace Phil Barsley, and we're two divisions lower. And you know what I mean? Like we, yeah. it's true. Like so, you can't replace Phil Barsley when you're in the Premier League. You know, no, you 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 are not. I would say our hit rates poor, regardless of the person who is implementing, um, implementing the strategy. So. I was a little bit, I was kind of pleased that we had that churn at the start of this because I was thinking, right, well, it's all, this is a fully new setup. But then kind of now I'm like, oh, have I just been like, you know, far too optimistic again in the hope that these people are going to deliver what they say they can. I mean, all you have to do is deliver like 70% of it. You don't have to deliver like 100% of it. But at the moment we're probably at like 20%. And it just feels a little bit like we've gone, well, we'll, We'll do the first bit, not sign those players again. Right, the second bit, replace them. Oh, that's a bit harder, isn't it? That's, and and now we've got no players, and we've we, you know four games from the start of the season. You know, apparently, you know what if you know they all get like dysentery again or whatever, then you know <laughs> what we're going to do then. <laughs> Wise Men Say podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terraces. Cargo shorts. For a 10% discount, enter the code WMS10 at the checkout stage. Or bucket heads. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces podcast, presented by Rory Fallow and Matthew Keeling. T-shirts. For more information, search for From the Terraces on social media. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think like one of the things that is probably bugging people, certainly bugging me at the minute is like, I find it quite disingenuous when you hear people who are like kind of comfortable with the current situation and who are maybe upset at others being negative, saying, "Well, we we've chucked millions around before this, that, and the other. Like, do you really want us chucking loads?" And and I don't think anyone's actually asked for that. I, I can't really. I, if they do, I, I've not not spoken. I don't think anyone out there is saying like, "Look, we should go and like buy the league or something." I just think, truthfully like you were kind of alluding to there, Gareth, I think when this change of ownership first happened, obviously everyone gets a bit excited and there was there's there's been money like put into like off the pitch things like like the pitch and you know like the, the Academy lights basically being upside down all summer while they refurb there and and that's obviously great. But then you you kinda you wonder how does that tally with 
what appears to be like a really kind of I don't know maybe maybe some of these like reported bids will come to fruition but it, it just it it seems like the two don't really marry up and and it's and we're not we keep hearing about like sustainability in this division which just isn't going to happen unless they knock the, knock the ground down and we move to somewhere that holds about 10,000 feet or something I think it I'm in, like it will be really interesting to see what happens over the course of the next month because if if they don't have a team that's geared up for promotion you wonder how how they think we can be sustainable if you know because people are we've sold what 21 22,000 season tickets like they've really managed that on the basis of new ownership and the fact that people thought we were going to get promoted last year I don't really see how you keep those people coming back in those numbers if they don't get out the division this year and I just I feel like it it is like what we just said there. Yeah, it's all well and good. Like, yeah, we do need to talk long term and medium term, but in the short term, they need to get out of this division. They've needed to for the last couple of years. And I don't think, like, truthfully, being honest, I'm not really looking forward to going back and watching the football that we've had to put up with for the last three years, which might come across as like an arrogant Sunderland fan, but it's it's the truth. Like, we all, none of us are happy with being in this division. And I think it's going to take a lot to enjoy I, I i really struggle with how you would enjoy watching us in this division without us getting promoted yeah that's 100 percent they've got a lot of they've, they've talked a lot about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and why it's going to be better now i've got to deliver it so yeah. at the moment they haven't done it i mean by the end of the thirty first of August, if they're happy, then great. Um, but if we don't get the players in that we need, and we are getting to the stage where it's like, well, we we actually need bodies. Like it, it goes, but it's we think we're beyond the we're holding out for quality thing. This is the thing. At some point, they have to make a decision need, on that, aren't exactly. they? Exactly, and. and yeah. I'm sure that you know they might if they ever listen to this and go, you know what, you don't know, you haven't got a clue what you're talking about. You've never like negotiated, you know, like a, a contract or you know a, a transfer, or you haven't you haven't put a plan in place to to build a football team. Yeah, fair enough, we haven't. But as a supporter, you can only go on what you see on the on the pitch and. If you, what they're telling if you, you they're going to do. If you're lining up, if you're lining up, like in my opinion, like I'm sure Evans will be fine, but like, is he any different as like power or lead better? No, not really. I mean, you know, <laughs> Dan Neal's like that. in an ideal world, you'd say, well, you're going to, you'd have Dan Neal in there instead of Evans, and you just signed a full, a left fullback, or you know, not have Dan Neal then, and obviously goes to show as well that there isn't anybody in that in the younger group at the moment who are capable of also coming in in that area. I mean, I know that Dice is at the um, the lad who's played a few times through pre-seasons looked shoppy. Um, it looks all right sometimes, and then, but he's obviously not ready to play. Um, and we've signed him from, was it, who did we sign him from? West Brom or something? West, oh, West Brom, West Brom was it? Yeah, I think we signed him from there anyway, so... It's not like he's come through the academy. It's just like we've signed a young, like Bernie an under twenty three. Bernie player. was younger, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. we've signed an under twenty three player at twenty twenty one years old to come play in our under twenty threes, and now he's playing pre season games because we haven't got anybody to play there. So it's just a bit. It, that is a bit. Con- I think that is a bit confused. And like, I know people will say you know, you can't complain if you want the young lads to be given an opportunity about what that, like the team at Tramier and all that, but they. The reason that group are playing in that game against Tranmere is out of necessity. It's not out of want. It's because the other players need a rest. They also need to have a look at them because some of those players are going to have... In that 18, some of those players will be in that 18. They'll probably be, what, five at least, you would have thought, in that 18 that starts this opening game at this stage. Do you not think the really the curious one is this left-back from... Um... Yeah. From Liverpool, Gallagher. Mm. And I, I I saw some stuff over the weekend, like basically slating the club for the conduct. I don't really go in for that because I think look like 
like it, it's football. It's not exactly the nicest of businesses. Yeah. Anyway. And I think like if the club think they've got a better option available, which yeah. is allegedly the story, then so be it. But we're a few days on from that now and we haven't announced a new left back and you're kind of like, like we were just seeing there, like if we're going to get to the point where we literally just need numbers, like it makes that one a really curious one. Like they must, unless, I don't know, look like maybe like it's broken down last minute over contract negotiations or something like that. But that that's not the story that's been peddled anyway, whether that story is true or not. But I, I found that one really Quite it sounded like it was all done that side of it, didn't it? Mm. Uh, and we've just we've just pulled out of it. Which you did. You, you, the the assumption would be then that we've got somebody else lined up. But like you say, yeah, times exactly. times times gone on from that now. Well, at the time we we're speaking on Monday, it was Thursday when they pulled out of it. It was like I think it was Thursday morning. So, like, there's been a decent amount of time elapsed, and again, look, they might have had someone this week, but at the moment, it just seems curious. But I think. We, we've all we've all witnessed like the club being a shambles for long enough to know when things just don't look right. I mean, Stephen, were you there? Were you there on Friday when people couldn't get was, on the ground? Yes, uh, I mean, I was quite fortunate. I got there late anyway, just as the opening of a turnstile, so I managed to get the front of the queue with that and straight in. But there were a ridiculous amount of people outside yeah. before kick or as the game had kicked off. Yeah, and that's, this is and this isn't just whinging for the sake of it. It's just highlighting that. You know what? These are worrying signs that we've seen before. Like, like the, the club shop still being shut to me is is baffling. Like, if if that's not about one on Saturday, surely like the first day of the season is the day when everybody's everybody's in there trying new tops on, wanting to buy tops for the kids and stuff like that. Like the ticket office being, I know they've they've had a COVID outbreak, so that's a bit different. But the ticket office has never opened back up, and it's all the little things that add up. And again, I'm not trying to be negative for the sake of it, but. it's hard like if we didn't have these new faces who I do think it's too early to to judge most of them but if we didn't have these new faces a lot of people would be really really concerned and and I and I don't think it's unfair that people are concerned right now yeah I think I think that's it when you when you um you know the start of the new season's always the same it's like you always you usually got like a decent handful of new players that you get to see and you're like interested in seeing how they play and you know usually like overtly positive about you know how good they probably can be until about four or five games in where you decide that you don't like them anymore or whatever you know it's all you've got that it's all it's just the newness isn't it that you you kind of get drawn into um like obviously going on I, I didn't go on Friday but obviously going back to the game on Saturday um it's going to be, I think it's going to be really jarring as well because obviously they've got Wyke and, and Power there uh, and facing them. Sense like of inevitability, Bill, what's going to happen, isn't like, <laughs> you know, we, they, We've like not replaced, well, I guess you could argue Evans as a replacement for Power, but we've kind of, we've, we've left three centre midfielders, so, um, you know, it's, you can, you can cut it whichever way you wanted, but it's it's a bit I don't know there's that sense of sort of like all oh, this again like that horrible feeling of like we're going to walk out of the ground and you know it, we're going to be um, you know, made looked after again um, you know it's a- the strange thing is that like, I think like in midfield and going forward I think there are like positive signs. I think we've yeah, played some, yeah. we've played some really decent stuff. We've, we've played some nice football at times, and and I think like really the midfield's quite quite well stacked. I, I would be surprised if they signed another midfielder. It, it's just so you never know them. This might be their thing. They might be thinking, you know what, we can get through the first couple of weeks of the season, and we'll trust ourselves to get people in because. I think we all know that the problem is going to come once injuries hit and fatigue sets in. Like it's a long season, and the the depth isn't there, and certainly not in defence. The depth isn't there, and it's true. I think probably what the reason why maybe you've got like something like divergent views among the fan base is it, it is a, at the moment it's a gamble. Like you've got people who might be really positive about a lot of things and go, well, it, it's a gamble worth taking. We'll be fine. Then you've got other people who are like, well. It's, it's a big risk we're taking here and the history of Sunderland in recent years is these sort of risks backfire. It could be good to have a bit of balance, wouldn't it? You know, rather than like... Yeah. You know, we don't know for sure if all the eggs have gone in this 
the one basket of the new strategy. I mean, they probably have. I mean, because obviously they want, obviously very headstrong in what they want to do and what they want to achieve and how they want to do these things. Um, I think it's like I just feel like like of the three they've signed, to me, two of them look like directly attributable to um, the head of recruitment, Stuart Harvey, because I know when I, when he was at Blackburn, he had a they had a good relationship with Man City where. They got like a number of their kids on loan. And mm. I think they did Liverpool and Everton as well. So you feel like Doyle's battling, and then obviously he Evans looks, was at Blackpool. He, he looks, looks really good. Yeah, he, he, looks, he looks he looks a very good. Yeah, uh, he looks like a he looks like more of a 23, 24 year old, doesn't he, than a, than a seventeen year old? He's like the reverse Gillibodji. Like <laughs> seventeen year old who looks like a twenty eight year old rather than a twenty eight year old looks like a seventeen. I guess the concern for him, I'm not concerned, but the question mark will be like, what happens when he gets roughed up a bit? Yeah, um, and also he's only seventeen, and it's a forty-six game season. Yeah, potentially forty-nine if we go to the playoffs again. Possible <laughs> for him to be consistent at that age across the yeah. season, isn't it? So, let's hope. Let's hope he does when he gets to you know if he's playing consistently. You know, yeah, he'll have he'll have. You no know, one's perfect. Even the best defenders in the world make mistakes. So yeah. obviously, he isn't one of the best defenders in the world. He's playing League One for Sunderland, so that absolutely isn't the case. And he's a kid, so hopefully he gets the. You know, gets the you know the leeway that he needs because you look at him and think he's got a lot of attributes that could make him a really decent player. You know, yeah. for us this year, and hopefully at the end of the year we're going. Can we get him next year in the championship? That's what we. That's what we're hoping. Um, I think you know, like you're saying, the positive, like there are there are positives, like you're saying the forward play and. Think like the pressing's been good. It's been more intense the pressing, I think, um, than last year, where it was a bit more not laboured. That's the wrong word because it was effective, but it was a bit more. Th- th- this is a bit more like let's just all like pile on, try and get the ball back, sort of thing. Yeah, less um, caution. Yeah, it? it's just like let's, let's just get after the ball. Um, I do like. I know like a few of the lads on the pod are kind of probably disagree with us but I do like Stuart I think he's got something about him like I do like I think we're all I Stuart think. I think we're all Stuart converts aren't we a convert I, I, I don't know but Craig, got, wasn't I... too, Craig and Matthew weren't too keen with us so I don't know if they've changed their opinion I me, think and Rory, have... me and Rory have always been Craig's team, definitely team, Craig's team definitely been Craig been praising Stuart a lot on, Twitter, on the old Twitter. You would have seen that if you were on. Yeah, um, well, <laughs> yeah, using but, the wise Wednesday account of praise yeah, Stuart. But good good movement. Yeah, good movement off the ball. Good, good I presence. Think, I think he, um, he offers something completely different to White in terms of style. Um, will he score? Yes. You know, I mean, White's season last year was a freak season for him. I mean, it's, it'll probably be the only time he ever does what he did. Um, Careful. We, 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 <laughs> see, we see remember your Clark Harris prediction last year. Yeah, season. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he he's got he's got something about him definitely, and you know I, I like I like what he gives us. Um, and he, I think he'll get a few goals for us this year, and I I also think he'll maybe give the centre backs a bit more of a difficult time. Need no centre forward though. What happens oh, if he gets definitely. injured? Well, Will Grigg comes in, obviously. Because we've got this work. It's hard to, hard to think he's not going to get moved on loan again know, before the end of August. And like, I, I, it's this whole thing we've touched on this before that like it just seemed the sort of the the sort of thing that people turned to straight away when White, you know, moved on was like, well, it's fine because Stuart looks like a better player anyway. Now that might be true, but you're like, hold on, but. He wasn't signed as Charlie White's replacement. He was signed as an additional centre forward. You can't like have two centre forwards, lose one, and then say, oh, well, it's all right because the one we've got is better. You need to go and replace him. You need to go and bring some back up in. Well, it goes back, like you see, yeah, that that last comment there is exactly right. Like it's about the depth thing. Like I think Alex Stewart, and I think he's looked good in pre season and his movement's great and that. But if he gets injured 10 minutes into the Wigan game, what the hell do we do? Or if he, he gets, he came injured. injured and he had didn't he have another yeah. one at some point? So exactly. And I know, I know the young lad from um, Sheffield United was apparently at the game on Friday. Mm. The Jebison, yeah. Yeah. and and he's pretty highly rated. And um, but there is there was a, there was a comment today. I think Yukanovic um, is managing them now, isn't he? And he he said something along the lines of. Um, 
they want to loan him out um, to to accelerate his like moving into the into the first team. And like, <laughs> I think this is where it still doesn't really sink in that we're in the division we're in because you're like really we're 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 meant to be like the kind of proven ground for Sheffield United's kids now. And, and I know that's the way it is at the moment, but there is a there is a part where you're like, well, why aren't we looking? Like like I, like I said earlier, I thought the link to that Josh Key was like the most promising one this summer, and you're kind of like, well, why aren't we looking at like these young, up and coming players and looking to like buy them and like develop them ourselves? And look, I don't have a problem with using the loan market. Um, like truthfully, we should have used it better the last couple of years. But if if Doyle ends up being our best signing, or if we get this Jefferson from Sheffield United. To me, that's that's not like the kind of new dawn that we're all hoping for. And obviously, that's pretty presumptuous because we don't know who else we're going to sign. But I just, yeah, I, and we it's haven't a... really had many links to the strikers from what, apart from Lee Griffiths, which thankfully disappeared. <laughs> I mean, the, again, there's no way of looking at it, isn't it? If you if you if you packed your team full of loan signings and they got us promoted, you would think that would be decent. That would be decent <laughs> strategy because we could start with a clean slate and hide again. Yeah. yeah, but obviously that's again that's just a, a risky strategy. Um, I just think you know, luckily this kid a... from Man City does look good because we we've you know we, we we it's not like this is the first time we've ever loaned a kid from a Premier League team, but and we've been hit and miss with it, haven't we? You know, yeah. we've had some bad ones and we've had some good ones. Yeah, yeah. and he does so... look great, but I think like we said, I mean the. The, the, the Bailey Wright situation was really curious. Like Johnson's comments the other week almost sounded like he was trying to say to the board, don't sell him, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, and you're kind of like, well, I don't know. Just, when would he have to uh, sign for Wigan by in order to make his debut against the weekend? <laughs> I think is it like lunchtime the day before? Oh, it's it's late, we need better than play, we need better players than Bailey Wright, but we need to not, we need to, we need to him. not get rid of him we, before yeah. we get them, yeah. or we need to actually keep him and improve upon him and have options because you know, oh well, Wright will come in, he'll do a job. You know, if, if he's not playing regularly, he'll do a job for us. But um, at the moment, it's well, the options are. Yeah. I mean, I guess Jim Adley's got to come back, but he's obviously still a couple of months away. Yeah. Um, but he looked quite neat and tidy, I thought, like last year. But obviously, you don't know what players going to be like um, when they. Uh, He's had a bad injury. When you come back from that knee, um, yeah. I, I mean, guess I think honest- I think now it's a bit different with the knee. You know, like it used to be a, a real, like, well, it was a career ender, and then it became like, you know, I mean, I mean, I know Shearer when he had it, he did his didn't he and. He was like, he lost basically all the pace and all that. But I think now with the the surgery, the you know the advancements in technology, all that, I think a lot of players come back as fit as the as they were when they when they had it. So and that's probably a psychological thing, isn't it? At the point you come back, because you know how how you've got to be able to go full pelt, haven't you? So it's probably getting over that psychologically uh, rather than a physical thing. Uh, so hopefully that won't affect him too much. But again, he's an unknown quantity. He looked quite nice, looked like a nice player, like like the way he came out with the ball, passed the ball, sort of, you know, he looked like he could, you know, defend. You know, he looked like a threat from set pieces going the other way. Um, but he probably would have played a lot more had uh, had he had he not had that injury. Um, so hopefully he'll be, you know. Definitely when he comes back, we'll all be saying it's like a new signing when he comes back because he's been out for ages. Um, but yeah, the need, well, probably at least four players in at the back really, don't they? Yeah. At least uh, four players at the back, centre-back and two full-backs and maybe if we're gonna sign, centre-back and also players a full-back. If we're going to sign, let's let's say you know, let's be realistic and not, and not be over the top. And uh, you know, we might bring in seven players, and two or three of those could be squad players. Because um, despite what they say, we, we probably need a couple of those as well. Um, where would we have the the four positions? If you if you if you were told right, you're going to have four first team ready players here. What positions do they need to be? If you well, if you can only choose four. I think you obviously, you obviously you need a left back and a right back. Um, 
I guess I if Hume say, signs, you could say you could get a squad player left back potentially. Yeah, but it okay. Yeah, but if if we assume like where we are at the minute, I would say two full backs, a centre half, and and a striker. I would say. Agree. Uh, yeah, that's what I'd go with as well. Oh well, no disagreement there. <laughs> the board, and that was that was nice and easy. I thought we were going to get five minutes yeah. out of that. We were well. well that, but that's not to... we? which is which yeah. is a good which is a positive. Are, to be honest, I don't think first. First team wise, first eleven. I don't think they're like a million miles away if yeah. you get the fullback situation sorted. The problem is, as the it. season goes on, mm. you, you're going to need more depth. And like, whether it's realistic or not, I expect someone to have the strongest squad in this division. Like, I don't see why anyone should expect any less than that. And at the moment, they're not they're not close to that. Um, I think, like, yeah, the, the, the fullback. I mean, Speakman's acknowledged it there today in that interview about the gaps before the start of the season, which is almost certainly talked about the fullbacks because it's just not acceptable. Like, I don't, I don't believe that at any other time um, you'd have people defending it and saying it's okay, because um, it's not. Um, they might. I mean, the the other curious thing is like, Lugo Nyan's the best right back currently at the club, but we see him. Determined to play him in midfield in a position uh, where we've got plenty must, of midfield. That must he must have requested that on agreeing the new contract? Surely looks that way, doesn't it? It, mm. it? it doesn't make any sense otherwise. To shoehorn Winchester in there, who now obviously the noises you get are well, he's playing well there and stuff, and you're like, well, be that he may well be, but he was signed as a central midfield. He wasn't signed. Mind he could he, he had played right he had played right back before though. So he can't he had, it. But, he, yeah. but he wasn't signed. But it didn't happen it, last anyway. season. I think, you know. That's the thing. Or nine. It's a strange one with all nine because, like, it's kind of ironic that we're back to, like, saying, well, you've got to play all nine now because he's the best one we've got. Because we did last season call for all nine to be put in midfield a lot. We can't rewrite history. And now here we are saying, well, all nine well, needs to go right back now. I'm happy for that's... I'm happy we're playing midfield. I just think we should sign a right back. Yeah, but that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, if I don't, I don't have a problem with O9, other than the fact that it's probably going to shunt one of the kids out now because we've gone and signed two players in midfield. I, I think, really, I don't think it's an argument against O9 playing there. It's more an argument that if he's going to play there and you want to bring the kids through and that, it makes less sense to, to make some of the signs that they already have. But um, I don't think, yeah, like, like I agree, Gareth, in terms of midfield, I think the they're well stocked. I think they look fairly strong there. I think Emelton, we haven't really mentioned it too much, but Emelton's been excellent in preseason. And um, I would like to think this is the season where he finally gets a run of games. Well, he has to be, he has to earn that run of games as well. I mean, I know does. there's been talk in the past about he, you can't just have a run of games because like you've, you've got to earn it. Like, Josh you know, Gowan di- used to get a run of games well, just because. I mean, di- like Diamond. <laughs> You know, like those were the two players at the time. Diamond, to be fair, I would say last year between him and Embleton in the first part of the season, Diamond earned his chance. And I don't, my personal opinion was, I don't feel like Embleton did enough when he did play. And they both had the same amount of time, but one had a greater impact than the other. Um, now, I'm not saying that Diamond's better than Embleton or that Embleton could, could be an excellent player given the games, but it was an absolutely right thing to do to send him out on loan. In my opinion, because you know, let him go and you know, play for somebody better than you. Get that, yeah. get that <laughs> well, they weren't better than us at the time, and I guess you know, how many assistant goals did he get in in the spell? Was it? Don't know. Those stats to be honest. I think there, yeah, but I think to be fair, though, I think they did. They did read whether whether it was reflected in those stats I oh, think yeah. it goes a bit deeper than that doesn't no, it no I, I agree just, I agree I'm not I've, I I've been a bit facetious there but yeah. I just think like, I don't think like it was the worst thing in the world to send them out on loan last season no I, I think it was, it was think, a bit more circumstantial yeah, as well wasn't I, it I don't think in my in my opinion he wasn't doing enough when he was given the opportunities that he had whether he should have had more to to be better is a different debate but when he did play the games he played I didn't think he was yeah, you know, he offered much. Um, to be honest, I think... this year he gets now he's had that spell. He's got a bit of confidence as well because obviously he's been in demand from a team in the championship. He's just got promoted. Um, now it's now it's his t- now it's his chance to go. If it's not if it's not going to be now, then it won't ever 
it won't ever happen for him. So well, I I think the um, the bigger error we made with Emmeldon was a couple of seasons ago, um, Jack Ross's second season. Because yeah. if I remember rightly, he had a really good preseason then, and he he started the first game of the, the season. First game, yeah. And I think he's played the second. And he came off at half time, and he never got another look in. And you kind of like well, and I, looking back now, you probably feel like that was Ross knowing that if that if he didn't pull some results out, um, obviously we know there was hell on behind the scenes anyway, but um, Ross knowing that he needed needed results and probably opting for experience in order to get them. But I, I think that was probably where we first, at least anyway, made a big mistake with Emily. And I would hope that um, this season, even if he doesn't get off to a, a flyer, I, I I think I, I agree with you. You can't just like play people. You can't like make someone a permanent fixture in the team without them meriting it. But I would like to think we at least had a bit more patience with them because there, there's definitely a decent player there, and certainly at this level. And um, and I think again, going back to what we talked about before, if we're going to talk about sustainability and this new new path, like he's the sort of player who really like we <laughs> sold off half the academy now. He's the sort of player you kind of need to invest a bit of time in, and and like hopefully he moves up with us. Or I don't know, like I don't know, I don't know what his ceiling is, but I think um, I think hopefully this is this is the season we see him yeah. kind of really break out for us. We probably sell him to Blackpool on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't checked before yeah. since we uh, start the podcast. He might not even be our player anymore. Yeah. Imagine the meltdown though now if that happened. But the thing I don't think that will happen, and maybe this is like the blind face that like I've kind of said <laughs> that I've ran out of. But I just can't see how that would happen, and then they could just justifiably argue that they're sticking to the plan that they've said they've got. Because I just don't, I can't unless unless Blackpool came in with something absolutely ridiculous, and I, I just can't see how he would go, and I don't think he will. No, I don't think it will. Sorry, I was just checking something in the fridge. Uh, something in the fridge? <laughs> what, what, what? I've been asked to check if something's okay. there. I thought, it, I thought it was like some sort of like Ghostbusters revival where you like open the fridge and like there's all hell breaking loose. Was it a very big bottle of wine for Saturday night? By any chance? Is that what you've got to make sure you've got? Uh, that's, there's often a bottle of wine in the fridge, Chris, yes. I'm not going to lie about that. Very nice. Yeah. Would it be right? Yeah, I think, and, and and can we put this idea out there that like, you know, you can still be fans of Sunderland, get behind Sunderland, want them to win every game, be a passionate supporter, but raise concerns without being labelled like overly negative or something, which is, seems to be a new thing as well in football, doesn't it? Is, You're like, you, you know, be... we, we, we've seen this with like, you know, what probably Brexit's brought in politics now, it's really black and white. Now, suddenly, you, you must, you know, oh, you, you know, you can have mixed opinions on stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're allowed to say, you, you're allowed to say, you're allowed to be concerned about the lack of income and transfers and still be really passionate and still be really supportive of the players, can't you? Of course you can. And I think, like, some people, quite frankly, some people with prominent voices among the fan base should know better. Like, I've seen stuff recently where, they're basically like getting themselves in a tizzy and like slagging people off for being negative. And you just like, you know what? Like, like what I said before about like nobody's screaming, let's spend millions upon millions. Like, nobody's, what do these people think? People aren't being negative because they, they hate the club or something. They, they're being negative or they're being, well, they're concerned because they've seen, they've seen what's gone on in recent years and that. Like, you can't just expect people to put that out of mind. Like, I, I remember. When the takeover was first mooted, and we were, we were criticised for. <laughs> I think somebody actually said that we were trying to derail it, and which is the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. It wasn't that; it was that we were concerned that certain individuals were still around. We'll not talk about them. But can you, ma- can you imagine that? Um, can you imagine if we had derailed it? I mean, imagine do you want somebody <laughs> buying a club who cares what we think. Yeah, yeah really. That's, that's the no. other point. I mean, like what, like you know. I'm sure they've got bigger fish to fry. 
Yeah. Than some people who so have have an, have an, like a meeting in the ballroom and say, yeah, well, actually, yeah, you know, yeah. and the print out the print out our tweets and say, <laughs> yeah. slam them down on the table yeah. and say, well, you know, nobody mentioned this was going to be an issue. Well, you say that, but um, <laughs> didn't like Tom Sloan do that about Chris basically at the last um, Red White Army <laughs> meeting, just just like yeah, and to tell Chris Weatherspoon to shut his mouth, something like that. No, that, that was so they yeah, do, that do was, they did that do that. From- that was his mate from Oxford who said I should shut my mouth. I oh, think. was it really? Yeah, I think oh, well. I think Tom just sat there and nodded his head. Uh, yeah, I mean, most people in my life did. This is what I'm uh, saying. You're loud mixed opinions. We can all think Chris should shut his mouth while still <laughs> listening, agreeing with his assessment of Madrox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's the thing, and I think like 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 what you said there, Stephen, is bang on for me. Anyway, like just because you're expressing concern, it doesn't make you a bad fan. I would argue it makes you a more valuable fan because you should be able to point out when things aren't right. And nobody, certainly I don't think us three have here today said that we don't, we don't, we we know for definite that they won't get it right or that we don't trust them or anything like that. It's just the, you know, I, the like, current... I, headline, headlines. I, honestly, I do honestly think <laughs> that they'll get, I reckon they'll probably get closer to good than bad by the end of the window. I, do, I honestly do. I think they'll but get think... closer to what they wanted. Um, then we just can we just kind of just so far away, but I do. I it does. I don't like it when I don't like it when people like come out and start saying like, you know, we're happy with where we are now because you you just not like don't just don't you take. You, well, that's like, going to be the don't pull the wool over on, over it? people's eyes. Just like say, look, like yes, we would have liked to have been a bit further along at this stage, but we're confident that the plan we've got in place will yield better results for this season. Yeah, if we just like. Stick to our guns, you know. We're confident in the work we've done, and we want to be. We we wanted to we wanted to have those players in now, but we don't. Yeah. Don't um, say it. Don't say it. Because he's caught a quote from the day was I. I don't think the management team have any anxiety over playing certain players in certain positions if that's what we need. Well, you know, you know, which suggests he's saying if we need to play those guys full back, then so be it. Don't, yeah. don't say that. Neither, the fact that he's the fact that he's even saying that. I don't know whether he was asked directly about that, but if he wasn't, like you're like, well, you're probably you're probably giving the game away here, really, because why would you say it if you didn't have any anxiety about it? You know what I mean? I think I think like what I think you mentioned earlier, Stephen, like the manager after the the York game kind of gave the game up a bit about it not going according to plan, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with admitting that. Like like as as Gareth said, there pe- people who. <laughs> People are more, and I am anyway, you get more pissed off when people try to pull the wool over your eyes than when they're just honest. Like, quite frankly, if if people had been honest a few years ago, they might it might not gone as quite as sour as it as it did. And and I just think this I think this is why like I, I'm trying really hard to just judge mainly on the actions because I think you, you end up you drive yourself mad if like what I've noticed anyway and one of the reasons I don't like the transfer window really is whether either whether it's somebody saying something or when we're signing a player or whatever, you'll get some people who will find the good and everything. You'll you'll get some people who will find the bad and everything. There'll always be a way to twist it, and ultimately, we'll we'll find out. We'll, we'll see what happens on the pitch. We certainly will. I mean, there'll be a preview show later on. Two things I'd like to um, just finish up on, I guess, um, you know, and we're saying there that, you know, Speakman's saying to respect the market and all this stuff. And, and, and Gareth said, you know, they might say to us, well, you don't realise how hard it is to do this kind of stuff. And that might be true, but just my concern is we've heard this before. Um, yeah. we from the guy, what was he called? His name has just gone. Um, who followed Defunty? Congerton. Congerton. We heard this from Lake Congerton before. And, you know, his legacy at Sunderland will be a fill it and sign Barini all summer when Poyer really want them and then sign them the next summer for the manager who didn't want them. And of course, signing Jack Rodwell. Um, you know, know, you know, they, these are the things he said, the right things though. And, it, and it's just difficult to put into practice. And that's why sometimes you don't come out with your chest out and say this stuff and make these promises if it's not going to happen. And it might, it might look again, you know, Hopefully they are going for quality over quantity and we start to see them come through. The other thing I'd like to just say before we finish is that Chris pointed out he was a more valuable fan um, <laughs> than us. That's the headline to take from this. Um, That's not what I said. I said <laughs> you know, the name of the podcast, the Gareth, who... Chris is a more valuable <laughs> fan than you. Okay. That's an idea for like a date I'm... <laughs> 
like a daytime TV show, call it like Fans Under the Hammer, right? And you take like a football fan and then like coach them to be a more valuable asset to the football Oh, you club. just have and top at the end, cards. get somebody coming like like a, a mega fan valuer come and like value them, value their contribution to the, and then whoever makes the fan the most valuable by the end wins. Could be presented by Dion Dublin, obviously. Or top trumps cards where, you know, you get points for things like how many times has the owner rang the police on you? And which, <laughs> in which case, yes. Chris would be, he would score quite well on that. That'd be good. Um, That'd be yeah. nice. Another traumatic memory there. <laughs> Can I just point out that I was not saying I am a more valuable fan? Oh, I love it. He thinks he's got to clarify it. I've just got to clarify. Just got to clarify for any. The audio's all out there. People can make their own mind up. Um, yeah. Sunderland's most valuable fan. That's what you said. That that was yeah. That is exactly what I said. That's exactly what you said. That, that sounds exactly what I was getting at. To be honest, I should just embrace it and just yeah. Full, I would have just full, laughed and then moved dick, on, and now you're like bringing again. loads of attention to it, right? Okay, <laughs> so uh, there'll be a show later on in the week with Matt and uh, Tom again. I think I don't know if he's going to if he's going to move through the different co-presenters this season. I think Tom's going to be prevalent anyway, and uh, they will look at the Wigan game. The... I think they're going to make some predictions as well, and hopefully, <laughs> we might have we've got a sign in to talk about before then, but um, you know. Don't know how much you're holding your breath, but fingers crossed because um, we are Sunderland fans and we want them to do well. So, as always, thanks for listening.